Hello everybody and welcome back to Kings of the Rift, your source for competitive League of Legends news and opinions. I'm your host, Gold Knight, as always. Um, but before we get into everything today, um, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of different stuff here. Um, from World's Finals all the way to coaching and uh, the future of different kinds of things there with the LCS. Um, all that jazz there. Um, I want to say thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, this podcast is available where you can find all the other fine podcasts. Uh, leave me a review if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you can, um, you know, because that seriously will help get this podcast noticed. Anywhere else you can find us, um, you know, whether wherever that is, basically uh, follow the podcast so you can get updates when a new episode gets posted. Um, looking like right now, probably every Friday. Um, but we're going to take a look and see, you know, kind of how that works there. Uh, may, may change, you know, a little bit distribution, all that. We're going to try to figure that out there. Um, and also, if you are on Anchor, um, where I'm making this podcast, actually, you guys can help me out and become a subscriber to the podcast. It's something a little bit like a Twitch subscriber. Uh, you pay a little bit of money each month, and uh, you can get in here and take a look at my... Um, Take a look at, you know, basically at my stuff a little bit early and, you know, kind of support me and all that jazz. Um, any bit of help is fantastic. And you guys, you know, with your support, you'll help me keep making this podcast. Um, you know, with enough support, episodes will keep getting better and better quality. Uh, we can afford to get better microphones. We can afford to get um, more microphones even and have more people on. Um, different sound cards, different kinds of things like that. Um, be able to pay folks to be able to, you know, make make intros, make music, that kind of stuff there. Um, but we're going to talk about today, World's Finals. Uh, that's coming up here actually tomorrow as of recording this here. And then we're going to be talking about um, coaching and kind of where I'm, uh, what my next steps are here. Um, probably what I want to do here in the off season. Um, you know, definitely the off season is definitely going to be a little different. Um, you know, we are going to talk about different movements and all this different stuff throughout the time here. Um, we're not going to have each week to kind of go through everything, but um, I definitely want to take a look and kind of change it up during the summer or the summer during the off season to um, basically take a point out of uh, you know some of the other podcasts that I listen to and kind of do a little bit of. Uh, you know, coaching, life coaching, um, and different kinds of things like that, um, so that you guys yourselves can become Kings of the Rift um, and potentially get, uh, you know, going pro, semi-pro, amateur, any of that kind of stuff there. Um, you know, I'm at no, in no way, any close, anywhere closer to uh, being challenger or anything like that, but I definitely think there are some things that uh, that I might recognize or might see that uh, some people out there really don't. So uh, after this quick intro, we'll uh, we'll jump right in. All right, see you on the other side.
Hey guys, it's finally time for World Finals, and we are looking at it right in the barrels right here. We got DRX coming up against T1, uh, an LCK show-off, uh, face-off even, to basically determine who the best team in the world is right now. It, of course, is DRX with Deft, um, the legendary Deft, who has been playing for eight years, I believe it is now. And up against Faker, um, who's the unkillable Demon King, and just honestly a great, like, the greatest player of League of Legends history, I would say, for sure. But these two big, strong, like, powerhouses of teams um, coming into this definitely are uh, interesting. Uh, it definitely, they both came off of three ones, which is very cool. Um, T1 seemed pretty in control there. Um, you know, and it was very, you know, people understood, people realized, yeah, no, it's T1, that's, they're gonna win against JDG. Um, but the DRX versus Genji, it definitely was an upset, and, uh, looking at DRX, they looked really good, Zeka looked great, and, um, honestly, I thought it was, uh, you know, a little different than, than kind of what I thought the final was gonna be, I definitely thought it was going to be a Genji, uh, T1 final here, but I definitely... I think DRX is just going to be outclassed by T1. Um, they do have, you know, some weapons, but not the not the correct weapons to be able to actually um, finish T1 off. Um, I have seen things where uh, Faker and a lot of the other team, uh, the other T1 teammates, um, I'm going to think about, okay, well, what is the what is the World Finals going to go? Like, what are the games? Um, and they all said, oh, it's, it's going to be 3-0. They're, they're very confident. And that's exactly what you want in a team right there. You definitely want that team kind of not even saying, oh, well, it could be close, you know, all this. No, you you say it's going to be a 2-1 or a 3-0. Or um, you, don't, you don't want you don't want a 3-1. You don't want a 3-2. You want to smash these kids. Um, they've played up against DRX plenty of times here. Um, you know, over the years and everything like that. And honestly, it's just, honestly, it seems like a nice, um, it just seems like it's it's just fate, almost, that they come back to each other. Um, where Deft is up against Faker here, that's definitely something that is, um, is just a great storyline, I feel, honestly. Um, because that just makes me kind of take a look at it and say, like, there's there's a player who's never won worlds up against someone who's I don't want to say always won worlds, but the Tom Brady of esports, uh, the guy who wins the most, Faker, the goat, and you're kind of weirdly enough, there's probably I I haven't seen anything out here, uh, you know, kind of like favor, you know, odds or anything like that. I'm assuming obviously that the uh, that T1 is definitely favored at this point. Uh, but I definitely think that people could be rooting really for the the underdogs here as DRX. Um, especially with Zeka, with Daft, uh, Piosik, you know, in the jungle there. But I just think, honestly, that it's very... It's very, like, strange that we got to this point in the... Um, you know, got to this point in... The world championships and 
we're sitting here looking at it and just completely just like we're just up against LCK, which is is usually how it goes. Um, but you know, you take a look at it here. Um, I just pulled up the LCK 2022 summer um, for the uh, for obviously the LCK here, and taking a look, DRX started off really well. Um, they actually were in first place throughout week one and two, um, alongside Gen G and T1. Um, but then they ended up falling down and just ended up losing some games um, and ended up being in sixth. And that's kind of where they sat for, you know, week six, seven, eight, and nine. Um, so definitely something that is not uh, ideal. <laughs> um, but DRX definitely was off to a good start. And they can it shows that they can do stuff. They can, they can adapt um, to different different metas and everything because DRX came off so, you know, so quick. Um, I definitely think that DRX team was a little different for sure um, than it was right now. Um, they do have a lot of different, um, you know, they have a lot of, like they have Juhan, they have uh, Tehun and all that, um, which they of course could, you know, swap in and everything like that. But you just take a look and um, also in the LCK, uh, because it's just an LCK finals, basically. Uh, you take a look at the 2022 player of the games, uh, the standings here, and it Zeus was actually or Zeus was up there as a number three for player of the game standings. Um, he had uh, 1100 points. Looks like I think it was like 11. That means he was player of the game 11 times. Um, and actually, right there is actually Zeka. Um, Zeka's on, at number five here as, uh, you know, was nominated nine times there, which is very cool that, um, you do have these players who are in the, in the last, you're in the finals. Um, you know, they're, they were great, just outstanding players when they were actually in their, uh, regional league here. Um, taking a look into everything, um, I just want to see. I want to see the matchups here. Um, what is that here? Oh, okay. Um, uh, right. Um, actually, I just wanted to real quick jump open and see um, how basically how DRX got to the point where they were pretty close, and then they just kind of shit the bed. Um, it <laughs> that's what it is there. Okay, that makes so, so much sense now. Um, DRX's ease of schedule was very, or their his their schedule was very, um, was very easy. Uh, you know, it definitely was. It started off with a couple of the teams that ended up in, um, you know, in the bottom, you know, half the league there, um, and then they went up against actual, you know, actual characters. You know, people like. Um, like Sandbox, um, they went up against uh, Damwon, ended up, you know, winning against Damwon, but that's still really good there. Um, and they ended up losing against KT. So it's just all this different stuff here. Um, I definitely could see... I'm trying to, like, predict the finals with me right now. I definitely see T1 winning. Um, I can see... 
the top lane being the spot where we're going to go. Um, I do want to find where T1 and it went T1 and DRX met up in the regular season. Um, well, Gen G and DRX last time they met up in week seven uh, was actually 2 0 by Gen G. Um, so they did turn that around there and actually do real well. Um, but let's see here. T1, was it, la- was it the last week of the, of the year? Wow. I think it was. Wait, why can't I not find... <laughs> this is so strange. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be doing this to you guys. I'm sitting here looking at um, at DRX, and I just can't seem to find right here. Okay, so, um, yeah, the last time uh, DRX and T1 played um, was week, week five here. Um, and T1 won both games. Uh, they ended up actually... Um, both of those games, Zeus was the one who had the... Um, who was basically out front and uh, the player of the game there. So definitely cool that, like, that that tells me something more than, you know, this definitely tells me more than I, than it kind of, it leads on to, you know, tell you, okay, well, Zeus is, you know, makes sense. Um, Zeus is definitely going to be the one who's kicking butt here. And actually taking care of everything because that's uh, that's exactly what it was. But I think Zeka could be could be. The, it's weird because it's like Zeka's really good, but I don't think he's Faker good. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see where that lines up, where that kind of takes a different, um, you know, point there. If Zeka can actually just break open the map and and poop on Faker. Good, possibly, but I think Kingen really has to not completely get shit on by Zeus. Um, so I think honestly, it's going to be a T1 victory. Um, I don't think it's going to be 3 0 like people are at least T1 is saying. Um, but rightfully so. I mean, that's definitely something that you want to see from them. Um, but I think T1 is going to win at least. I want to say 3-1. Um, I think DRX is going to be able to get one game off. Um, you know, maybe where they really focus top lane and, you know, help King and get ahead, but also put Zeus down. Um, you know, Gumiasi can also be one of those people who's not really playing to his uh, potential. And I think that could be kind of where um, you know, Deft can can step on that. That's that right there actually could be the biggest thing, is Gumiasi versus Deft, um, because Deft ha- is so experienced in these points, is so, um, you know, just just like historically better than Gumiasi, um, just in in sheer games played, um, in the like the like how often like you hear the name Deft. And you're like, oh shit! Like I know who that guy is. Like he's it's a Korean player, right? You know, it's great. Uh, but you hear Gumiasi, you're like, eh, he's on T1, right, or something. Like, and it's and you get that that recognition because he's on T1. Um, you know, you don't you don't hear it and go like, oh well, oh he's on uh, Najin Sword. Oh okay, you know, <laughs> like or whatever. Like, it's just not you. Just if he's on another team, you just don't hear it. 
you don't hear about that. Um, but I definitely think it's going to be a T1, uh, three T131. Let's just say right there. I'm gonna tweet that out there. T1 equals three one. Because it just makes sense, right? T131. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, but before we go into the next thing, um, we are going to actually go for a little break here, a little ad break, and I will see you guys on the other side where we'll talk about some, uh, you know, coaching stuff, kind of what the next kind of episodes will turn into um, after we, we after we spend next episode recapping the world's finals here, um, kind of break down the games, figure out where things went wrong or where things went right. and um, you know, we'll go into kind of some coaching and that kind of stuff there. So, uh, yeah, see you guys on the other side of this. Stay tuned after the commercial break, and we'll get right into that. All right, everybody. So I'm going to let you in on something that I'm working on. Um, and it's very much in infancy right now, uh, but definitely something I want, to, I want you guys to keep me honest with. Um, I'm going to be putting together a coaching curriculum. Um, when it comes to League of Legends here. And I actually probably could be, well, this one specifically is to League of Legends. Um, but obviously I can put, you know, forth something for um, different esports, whether that be Rocket League, Call of Duty, which I've coached in the past here. Um, but definitely wanted to do, put together a coaching curriculum um, and kind of break down what it is, the what the topics are within and maybe we'll make this into a video series, which is also with the podcast here. Um, you know, try to see if that's how it works, really. Um, that should be good, because then we can do some visuals. We can do different stuff like that. But also keep you guys here on the podcasts uh, still in here in in everything. Um, definitely something I won't do just on video for you. Um, but... Basically, this coaching curriculum, um, basically the idea is we want to improve at League of Legends um, and we want to reach gold or higher. Um, a majority of the player base is in bronze and silver, in North America at least. And as North America is sick when it comes to League of Legends, um, and I intend to fix that. That's something that I think is very much needed to be taken care of. Um, there is not anything out there that I think North America needs to do more than be more coachable. Um, they need to be able to focus on what it is, like what's going on and figure out to themselves. I am not the main character here. No one really is the main character. Us as a team, us as a, you know, as a sport, as an esport, are the main focus here. Um, I definitely think there's ego problems when it comes to North America, the way we build things, the way we kind of have become um, as a country in a way. Um, definitely not going to go on any political rants or anything like that. But um, I definitely think there are things that we can do to be more coachable, to be more. Um, you know, more amicable to coaches and more amicable to different kinds of things like that. Um, you know, kind of not even necessarily coaching, but more the, I feel like we, a lot of us, a lot of us, and I'm, I'm under the same 
boat here. I think I know everything. And I know out there that there's people out there, for sure, who think they know everything as well. It's, I mean, you might. You might know a lot. But there could be something that someone out there doesn't know. And that person is just waiting to teach someone, most likely. Um, so I definitely think that's something that we need to get into. We need to break into the fact that, you know what, this is not just something that you know, like, I don't know everything about this topic. I don't know everything about League of Legends. I don't know everything about, um, you know, playing pro League of Legends or playing Rocket League or playing Call of Duty or playing whatever other game you're playing. Um, you're not just going to be the number one. You might be really, really smart at it, but there could be something else that someone is wanting to teach you. Um, so... Basically, my idea here is we want to break down League of Legends to a couple different topics. Um, this may expand as we kind of go through it all and figure things out. But we're going to just break it down right now into five different um, like categories as we are here. Um, number one is going to be drafting. Um, I think a lot of times... People are focusing on drafting in North America as just a little bit of, oh, well, I mean, I, I'm good at this character, so I'm just going to play this character. And yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, that's good for solo queue. That's good for playing, um, you know, kind of for yourself. Um, if you're playing on a, you know, on a semi-pro team or amateur team. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off, I'm just going to say amateur team. We'll do that. Um, you know, if you're playing on an amateur team and you are just really good at Aatrox, okay, go play Aatrox. That's fine. But, um, if you want to progress, you want to get further, um, you need to figure out what drafting weaknesses Aatrox has, what, um, you know, how Aatrox fits into your drafts. Um, how the team can build a team around that Aatrox. If you're not willing to move, how can you recommend things, or how can you play in the game to with the draft with the drafted players here? Because League of Legends is not a one-on-one -on -one game; it is a five-on-five -five game, and you can just easily lose it through draft. Um, you know, there's a way that you can just straight up lose it. So, I definitely want to go into drafting. Um, go deeper into it, figure out kind of what what each drafting, what each part of the draft really means. And, uh, you know, kind of take a look at it and kind of see where where we are and it comes to drafting just in North America altogether. Um, I've, I've seen this a lot. Um, I've been in a couple different amateur teams, whether that be in... Um, you know, it's, I've been in an IBS League team. I was part of ESDL here, um, Esports Development League, which was uh, recently bought by IMT, and I don't think they're actually doing anything anymore, which kind of sucks. But they were pretty good. They were really, they were done well. Um, Esports Development League was a good, good program, um, good league that they had going on. Um, you know, and I've been in a couple different tournaments here. And one of the things that I've seen through drafting, at least, is people pick what they're comfortable with, regardless of whether or not it's good for 
the team, good for your players, um, you know, good for everybody else kind of a thing. Um, you know, if you're playing something like, like, you know, Ezreal Yumi's good because there's a lot of poke, but is Ezreal Yumi good with, um, you know, with Orn? Well, yeah, was because you have a, you know, you have another way to actually engage. But okay, well, is Ezreal, you know, Ezreal Yumi just good with something like Trundle? Well, not necessarily because you, Trundle needs to go in and just like you don't, ha if you don't have anything else to cover you, um, you know, there's a lot of holes you need to fill in drafting. And I don't think a lot of people really kind of understand what those holes are that you need to fill. Um, there's different roles that you need to play. Um, everybody who's playing League needs to play not just a role of top lane or a role of jungle or a role of mid, bot, support, whatever. You need to play a role within your team that changes with each game. Um, you can basically have a bit of a role just in general. If you are really good at playing engagers, you're an engager. That's great. You can play, you know, when you have an engaging champion, you can play engage really well. Um, and that's a good way. Like, you need someone on the team who can engage. If that's what your team is doing, if that's what your team needs, you need to have a go button. That's what you always hear the the uh, the caster saying. Well, they don't, where's their go button? What's, you know, oh, here comes the go button. Um, you know, a Sejuani ult, an Orn ult. A lot of times it is your ult that um, that does this for you. But there's different these different roles here. You know, basically a uh, backline carry or something like that. Um, are you good at that? Are you good at an assassin? Um, you know, these different little roles and how they fit into drafting, actually. So that brings me to my next topic here, um, which is early game. And kind of going through early game and what does early game mean, honestly? Where does early game begin? Where does it end? What can you do in early game to affect the rest of the game? Um, you know, like one of the things that I've been trying actually on my streams here is, um, you know, earning early game leads. That's one of the things I've realized that I need to work on myself. Um, a lot of times I will just go in, farm it up. I play jungle, uh, so I'll go in, I'll farm it up, I'll farm till six. Or I'll get a couple ganks off here, there, you know, do some pressure, all this. But if I don't get something, you know, effective, what I like to call a kills plus, um, you know, if I don't get a kills plus, it's it's really, it, I get nothing. You know, this game, this game doesn't get rolling. Um, and to define a kills plus, and I'll go in more into this whenever we get to that point, but a kills plus is... Um, it's basically a kill or multiple kills plus a neutral objective or like a turret plate or a jungle invade, something like that. That's not just a kill. A kill for a kill's sake is never, like at least in the early game, is never just worth that. You know, okay, well, all right, I just killed this person and we both, and I was at zero HP or, you know, nearly zero HP. So I backed and perfect. Um, you know, I backed and walked. Well, guess what? By the time you backed and walked back to lane, the enemy laner is there as well. He didn't miss much. He didn't do anything wrong. You know, yes, he died, and he missed three minions. 
okay, yeah, that's fine. He lost three minions. But he just, you know, you guys got to the same point. Um, you know, you now, uh, you might now have an extra longsword or something like that. But he's same level, same XP. Um, you know, basically, the only thing that he's that he's down on is gold right now. And he can just farm up the same as you and get there and get to the next part, uh, the next topic here. He can get to his power spike. Um, so that's something I want to talk about as well, is power spikes and, um, you know, what to do around those power spikes, where to look for your power spikes, um, what you need to do around the times you get power spikes. Um, you know, can you can you cause a power spike to happen? Can you, um, you know, funnel money into your main win condition to get them a power spike early so that your winning condition, which was, you know, keep Kaisa alive for 30 minutes till she gets all of her items. Can you get that Kaisa, all of her items, maybe at 25 minutes instead of 30? Is that possible? Can you get a power spike earlier? Is could you be fighting around her when she gets Kraken instead? Um, you know, you get Kraken, but the enemy only has a Noon Quiver and a Pickaxe right now. Okay, well, you are stronger. You need to fight here. You have more, um, you know, you have more points here. You basically can do more damage. You have literally, you can hit him with your wallet. That's how it goes there. Uh, power Spikes are literally just hitting enemies with your wallet. And... Um, you know, it just doesn't even, it, like, the thing is, too, also, power spikes don't have to just be hitting, you know, hitting the enemy with the wallet, even, um, it doesn't have to be just an item that's completed, it could also be, obviously, um, different champions like Nocturne, Sejuani, um, anybody with an ult that actually is very, very effective, that's a power spike, right there. Well, I got six, and their bot lane's level five. Okay, perfect. Let's go in and let's do this. Um, they're not going to get five because we've denied them off the wave. Or they're not going to get six because we denied them off the wave earlier. So we're good to go. We can go in here. We now have the points, the XP, the the power spike available to get there. Um, one of the things I also want to take a look and uh, you know get to with topics here is definitely warding. Uh, warding lines. Uh, warding times and kind of, I kind of want to go deeper into what um, LS is talking about when he talks about people like Barrel who just buy a whole bunch of wards and they're just like, they're useless. He's spending 75 gold each time he goes back to base, so that he's on two, you know, control wards when he has a control ward up already. Why, you know, why are you wasting? so much gold throughout this throughout this whole time here just because it, you've been told it's good um definitely something that you need to really you know that a lot of people i think really need to work on um at least in silver where i've seen a lot of times warding is not the deal like warding is not good so i definitely think that's something that people need to work on um definitely something that Kind of the times of warning of warding, like, oh, okay, we saw, you know, we saw Graves bot. Okay, well, Graves bot, and I'm playing top lane. Okay, cool. I saw him bot. 
I have a wart in my inventory right now. What what should I do with that? Should I put it in the lane, you know, in the um the river brush there? You know, yeah, he, he definitely should. You know, he he showed bot and uh you know, he came, you know, he he's literally showing bot to gank bot lane right now and dragon is up. Is it worth it to throw a control ward in that book in that river bush? No, no, it's not. And definitely, I think that's where a lot of times people will do that. Um, you know, they'll do that, they'll do a regular ward, you know, a vision trinket there. Um, and they'll waste it, they'll waste their time. A lot, I think I actually realize, I personally, I think I know vision score, like the idea behind vision score, a lot more than people do. Um, you know, I at least was talking to a couple of my teams here and they didn't really know how it necessarily worked. So I kind of want to be able to talk about that. Um, that is definitely something I want to do when it comes to that topic there. Um, in our fifth and final topic for now, um, it might change, you know, there might be more added, there might be more different things like that, but late game into team fights or late game and team fights is the last topic here. Um, you know, what you need to be doing, what you need to prioritize. Um, obviously, there's not, I can't go through every single team fight that has ever been played or that ever will be played and tell you who you need to be hitting, who you need to be playing against, where you need to be playing in a fight. But honestly, you know, I kind of want to do break down, um, you know, I kind of want to break down what late game is. And um, the way to end games, the way to stall out a game if you need to. Um, and also kind of, I think that really does tie into team fights. Team fights are the reason why, um, you know, games are won or lost. Um, you know, you won't see a game that's really played without a good team fight that is the decider. Um, whether that be early in the game or late in the game. But team fights are the main thing that really decide things um you know i kind of do want to talk about the way team fights need to be played now around um, different things like dragon um, a team fight doesn't have to be just a result in kills team fight can literally just be to get people to 50 percent to 25 percent and just get them off of a you know get them off of a of a neutral objective and that kind of stuff that's just one of the, that's, those are five different things that I kind of want to talk about um, as it comes up to um, this time off that we have here um, with world's content, with LCS content, all that. Do want to jump into the kind of uh, coaching curriculum stuff and kind of let you guys know how, you know, how to improve. Um, definitely something that I think I have an idea of. And I want to bring people on to this podcast and I want to be able to actually get them on and figure out with like with you guys what's going to be happening here. Um, I will do do some, uh, you know, probably kind of want to do a like an online website opposed to what opposed to an in-person website. <laughs> um, and I want to do a website that maybe will have all this stuff here. Um, you know, maybe I'll drop a document, maybe I'll do something like that um, for everybody to take a look at, everybody to view, you know, the curriculum. Um, but in the in the same vein right there, 
Um, there will be obviously like a course, like course suggested reading, um, like you see in college courses or, you know, in your courses in high school and stuff. So that's definitely something I want to take a look at. And um, can I show you guys like what, um, you know, things to, to, to kind of read and figure out, um, you know, whether it be player development stuff or, um, you know, different articles about playing as a team different articles about, um, you know, the, the, the top teams out there and kind of what they do together. Because as much as League of Legends is not, you know, it's not a 1v1, like I said earlier, it's a 5v5. It's a team versus team game. Um, you might think that you can just beat, you know, anybody that comes your way. And sure, you can beat one person. You can beat your lane opponent. Maybe you can even beat two. You know, maybe you can beat their, um, you know, their top in, in jungle as top lane. Sure, you can take them on. But can you, how often do you get out of a, a 1v5? How often does doing that 1v5, getting that fifth, you know, that pentakill right there and winning the game, how often does that happen? Be honest with yourself. And honestly, that's the point we need to look at. League of Legends is not a game that can just be won and lost in your bedroom. It's in everybody else's bedroom, in everybody else's offices. It's all of it together. And it's won and, won and lost on the Rift. And that's something that we need to get together, and we need to, as North Americans, figure out how to take back the Rift and figure out how the hell to win worlds, how the hell to get better as a server. And honestly, this is something I'm very passionate about. And I honestly think that you guys uh, will get a lot of it, a lot out of this, um, you know, because this is something that I really have been dreaming about. And I do want to um, impart some wisdom. Um, and this isn't even just all coming from me. I have put together over the last like six months here, um, a whole bunch of different uh, resources. And I want to get together and I want to compile it into an actual kind of course or something like that. Um, and, and I want to talk to you guys here on the podcast about that. Um, and that's going to be what our next like episodes are going to be. The next probably five or so episodes probably going to be the same thing. Um, you know, but at that point, guys, I think that'll do it here um it's been going a little long here and the other episodes might be longer going forward so we'll definitely see how that is uh i will see you all in the next episode of kings of the rift again like i said in the beginning here uh drop a follow drop a like if you can a review something like that and i'll see you all in the next episode Bye bye